Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the hot lap. Um, I'm sorry I was away for a week. Uh, couldn't be helped. Well, sorry I was away for a week and late this week. No, it couldn't be helped. Um, I fucking, I juggle too many. I, I juggle too many plates, don't I? So, I mean, an average week for me is like five five podcasts about and um that's as, that's as well if i end up guesting on other other shows as well if i haven't been invited to do something else anyway what that means is that when uh when something happens and like something gets like squiffed about like the miami grand prix being so bloody late at night um, it just squiffs the whole week up, and then what you end up doing is you go, you you end up go, doing something, going right. I will absolutely, I will absolutely catch up on that. Then Monday comes around, you do three legs, four wheels. Then Tuesday comes around, and I I've got practice with my band, uh, which has got a new EP coming out as well. So make sure you keep your ears open on one of my podcasts about that. It is called um, Morphic Resonance uh, by the Clown Calls for War. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be out very soon. But um, then Wednesday comes around. I've got to be a dad and stuff. Then Thursday's here, and it's time for um, the War Room podcast recording. Then Friday's Alien Addict. Saturday, I try and see people on Saturday. Like generally, it's like Saturday's the day I'll try and not do any sort of podcast stuff, so I can I can go out into the flesh world. And um, maybe even visit the inside of a watering hole. 
uh, and speak to some human beings. Um, then Sunday, I was um, I guested on the Josh and Artemis show on YouTube. That was good fun. Uh, and then Monday, which I'm now on, is here. And then all, next thing is you've missed your recording date originally for Hot Lap. And uh, I'm a week has disappeared. So this is a bit of a bit of a catch up, a bit of a sorry to have left you on your own for so long. Daddy still loves you. It's just been a case of uh, it's just been a case of not enough days. A uh, new calendar could be do we could do with. Um, I would be all for a calendar rejig. You know, I know some people hate this. The idea of like being further away from the weekend but i would absolutely do three more weekdays for one more weekend day so you do three more days of work for one for a three-day weekend i think that'd be pretty good i would i would be i would be up for that anyway uh we'll have a quick run through um i've I've very little research into doing this podcast. I have comments from you from the last race, so we'll do this as if we would. It was last week, and uh, we'll have a quick chat about the Miami Grand Prix. Look at your questions. Maybe have a little chat about Spain, and um, that's probably going to be us. Guan uh, Yu DNF, uh, Lando Norris DNF, or real, real shame for Lando. The whole race um, qualified so well. I mean, the, the the lap he did to get himself into Q3, which stuck him third, clearly that car only... That was the maximum that car could do with a perfect lap from that driver. Um, Lando is... Uh, Lando really is the real deal, isn't he? You just wonder, especially this year, when this was the year where the gains could be made, you just kind of wonder whether, whether McLaren can actually get there to deliver a championship car again. Um, because, I mean, they're on the back foot this year, so you've got to think that... I, I I kind of expected them to be competing more this year, uh, and maybe next year was the year where they could make the real step forward towards being contenders again. God, I kind of think that that might be a, on a hiatus now, don't, don't you? You've got to think maybe McLaren's year has scuppered it so much that next year might be the t- the year to be back up sort of hassling for podiums properly again um and then maybe the year after but how many times have we thought this about mclaren like maybe the maybe next year maybe the year after uh, especially when you consider the aero stuff that goes on i don't know how they will land this year with the extra aero maybe i mean it does make you wonder doesn't it uh if you already think that you've got a bit of a problem that you could sort out, are you better off phoning a couple of results in? Being lower in a championship so you get the benefit of the extra aero time like Ferrari had, and Ferrari are winning like leading championships at the minute. I wonder if there'll be talk about that before. Like, if maybe not this year because it's all new, but maybe next year, maybe the the teams might be a bit smarter. Start to gamify it a little bit. Uh, Pierre Gasly was um, tenth, I 
believe he had a collision with Fernando Alonso that put him him off, and then the he didn't really have the steering on the car, but he did carry on. You know, he carried on. Lando tried to go around him. the The thing with Lando uh, after the race, he kind of said, "Look, I didn't. You know, I shouldn't have to drive close to a wall to avoid an ailing car." Should Pierre Gasly have retired before having a massive accident? I think there's a I think there's a case to be made for it. Uh, Sebastian Vettel DNF can't remember what happened to Sebastian to be perfectly honest. Uh, he was seventeenth, sixteenth. Kevin Magnussen with the DNF. Mick Schumacher was fifteenth. Not a great weekend for Haas. Haas are having such an up and down season, aren't they? It's like they're proper proper contenders one weekend. I mean, there was even a point where. In the sprint race, at Imola, it would have been, would it, would it, was it Imola? I think so. Um, Magnussen was fourth, and he actually said, oh, I, I could win from fourth. So that was where the Haas was. That I mean, obviously, as the sprint race turned out, he couldn't have done. But he, he had that feeling in the car where he thought, oh, I could actually maybe maybe scratch a win here. Uh, Nicholas Latifi was 14th. Daniel Ricciardo, 13th. Uh, rounding off a miserable weekend for McLaren. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda was 12th. Fernando Alonso was 11th. Missed now on the points because of fucking incidents. I, I'm not sure whether I agree with this penalty. Um, I know you've got to be going, of course you don't agree with him. Yeah, you gobbled on Alonso. Yeah. But um, he did give the time back um, on the on the infringement that I saw him go over the road. So I don't know. Do you do you still penalise drivers even when they give the time back? I don't know. I've I've got this horrible feeling that we're drifting back into Formula One when everything was like you, if you put a step wrong, you got a penalty. And I don't want Formula One to go back there. We've been there. It's not right. It's not. It's not enjoyable for anybody. We we need the cars to be able to race. You know, it's we need the. We don't need the risk of a penalty. Everyone every time someone tries to do something, it's not. It's not ideal for the sport. Lance Stroll was 10th, rounding off like a, a good drive from him. Aston Martin was a little bit more uh, competitive. Uh, it was a shame that Seb wasn't up there as well to enjoy it. But the um, all in all, it looked better. But I can't help feel that it was just the track that maybe flattered the car slightly. I feel they're going to struggle in uh, Spain this weekend. Alex Albon, another amazing driver in that Williams, but I keep seeing people comparing what he's doing in that Williams. And don't fucking get on at me. I like Alex Albon. That's not. This isn't why I'm saying it. Um, people keep comparing what he's doing with what George Russell did in that car. I don't believe the two are comparable because essentially... Every car on the grid this year is capable of scoring points, like from the word go, very near. Um, don't get me wrong, it is more difficult to score points in a Williams than it is in an Alpine. But uh, ultimately, that car is closer to the front-running cars than the one George Russell had was. You know, it's that's one thing these new regulations have done is they've made essentially every car every car races the cars around it which is is great you know it's and if when you've got the Williams are clearly willing to roll the dice with Alex Albon 
And there he was, ninth, two points for him. Uh, I couldn't be happier, but it's I don't believe it's comparable to what George Russell was doing, some of the outings he did in the in the Williams, which was a truly awful car. Uh, Esteban Ocon was eighth. Good drive from Esteban Ocon. Uh, I think he he fell into a similar uh, position as George Russell and got a lucky with the safety car. Uh, Valtteri Bottas was seventh. Um, good drive from Bottas. I expect good things from him in Spain if that car's there. And uh, he's always been good around Monaco as well. There was something else I was listening to the day talking about this that, that brought it to my attention. Um that Alfa Romeo is a really good car. I I'm a bit confused as to how good it is. A little bit of me wonders, right? Is this just? Are we seeing Bottas just be the best version of Bottas because he's away from Mercedes, he's away from the shadow of Lewis Hamilton, and he's just getting to be his authentic Alfa Romeo driving self, and he's getting some good results out of it. Or are we seeing a really really good car be driven about? Five tenths slower than it actually can go. So you guys decide. I'm not hating on Bottas. I think he's doing a great job. Just saying, they're like the remember Williams when Williams and Mas- uh, when Williams had Massa and Bottas, and everyone was like, "Yeah, that car's good." Wonder how good it actually is. Had a different driver in. I can't help wonder how good the Alfa Romeo would be if it had somebody like George Russell or um, Fernando Alonso or. I mean, I was going to say Daniel Ricciardo then, but it's not. It's probably not the fucking best place to go. Um, I wonder what Sebastian Vettel thinks about it. You've got to think that maybe Sebastian Vettel uh, could have probably had an Alfa Romeo driver if he truly wanted it, and he probably thought Aston Martin was a bit better poised to do better, but penny for his thoughts when he sees the Alfa up there. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was sixth. Uh, George Russell was fifth. Good weekend for Mercedes, really, considering where the car was. Still a mystery to them. The um, George Russell popped a good time in, which I was corrected. And thank you if you, if you listen to both podcasts. I was corrected on Three Legs, Four Wheels by a listener because I, I mistakenly said that... Um, George Russell's time was still the second fastest time of the weekend, and it wasn't. It was just the quickest time up to, um, was it qualifying? I can't remember, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah, or the quickest time up to that day, I just got it wrong. Um, but the, the car did have a turn of pace on Friday. You know, George Russell and Lewis were up there. Then they made some changes overnight, and Saturday comes around, and it's done again. A big weekend. We'll talk. We'll talk more. We'll talk more about that later. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to digress into into the up, updates for Mercedes. But Judge uh, Russell ahead of Lewis Hamilton again. He did end up lucky in the safety car, but I mean, it was a great drive he did on those tires to hang them out as long as he did. Uh, it was his call as well, if you remember, when he radioed in and said, "Look, uh, the tires are good. We might as well hang out and see if we see a safety car." And I love that because. That was George's way of going. Look, we you know we we can scratch a couple of points here, or we can try for a good result. And uh, he rolled the dice, and he he got away with it. Uh, you don't accidentally end up points ahead of Lewis Hamilton. I think there's been races where Lewis has been quicker than George, 
although not by much. And I think there's been races where George has been quicker than Lewis, although not by much. Um, what I would say is in the George Russell camp is this is this is him in a new team, well, or as close to not being a new team while still being a new team. Essentially, it's a new role for him within the within the sort of organisation that he was a part of. Um, for him to come in and be comparable with the person that lots of people believe is the greatest driver ever to hold a steering wheel, um, certainly the most winning driver ever to hold a, a steering wheel, um, and to be on pace with him. And I think that's the that's the incredible thing, to be on pace with Lewis Hamilton and uh, you've got to say Lewis is coming to the towards the end of his career we can't help that time waits for no man don't come at me team LH but he is he is one of the oldest drivers on the circuit it seems like only 10 minutes ago this fresh-faced smiling young Lewis Hamilton was on the grid in Australia in a McLaren with Fernando Alonso as a teammate, uh, it doesn't seem too long ago. It's a horrible mortality gauge because it means we're all getting older, not just Lewis Hamilton. Um, but he's as close to the peak of his powers right now before the natural decline of a driver happens, or a sports person, not just a driver, Um but in Formula One, he he is kind of approaching that age where you would expect over the next few years he's going to start losing a tenth or two and maybe the motivation to continue being in Formula One, uh, like the constant grind and of, the, of season on season on season, uh, might start to get to him. I still believe he'll have a seat a stint in Ferrari before he retires, to be perfectly honest. I don't believe he'll retire from Mercedes. I still think you might see a Lewis Hamilton in a Ferrari. Uh, if nothing else, just because it's fucking absolutely prince cash, doesn't it? Uh, I, I can't see anybody not wanting that to happen, be it Lewis or Ferrari. Um, but George has got headroom, and that's the difference now. George and say Max Verstappen as well, because we saw last year Max Verstappen is quite obviously a match for Lewis. You know, I don't mean that as in a match as in like he will always beat Lewis, um, but he is clearly on the same level as Lewis Hamilton. He's also very young, so he has headroom to grow. He has headroom to become better. Um. I just don't see how George Russell, over the fullness of time, does not become the best of those two Mercedes drivers, given his age and his space to grow within that team and within himself. It just seems like simple maths to me. You know that if Lewis is at eleven points and George Russell is at seven points. And as quick as Lewis Hamilton, I mean points is in like skill points, then he can collect more points. 
and all he, all he needs by the time George Russell is at nine points, he'll be quicker than Lewis Hamilton at eleven points of skill. So that's the way that that's the way my video game playing RPG mind looks at it. Anyway, it's a great battle. It's my favourite battle of the season, watching what happens between George Russell and uh, Lewis Hamilton. My, I think it's the most interesting inter-team dynamic because both of them keep saying how they don't care about results. They just want the car to get better. Uh, and it is massively important for both of them to beat each other, even if they won't admit it. So, yeah. I think it's the most fascinating battle in team between the two drivers. Uh, Sergio Perez was fourth. Inoffensive race from Sergio. Pick points up. Uh, what more can you say? He's doing his job. I, it's a foregone conclusion, I think, for him to be the uh, second Red Bull driver for next year. Um, all power to him. I'm sure he'll get Loads more of res- good results this year. Uh, Carlos Sainz was third, getting a podium. That that ducks off the back now. Uh, Charles Leclerc was second. And Max Verstappen won the Grand Prix. Uh, the championship standings now stand, if it would uh, come up there. Championship standings are now Charles Leclerc's 104 points. Max Verstappen is 85, 66 Sergio Perez, 59 George Russell. I do find it interesting, especially, or it might it might become less interesting depending on what Merck do this weekend. I do find it interesting that George Russell is just about keeping himself in the conversation for this championship. Yeah, you know, he's not he's not massively behind uh, Max Verstappen, and you do think if if Mercedes can just sort that car out, I still think, and this is now the Charles Leclerc fans are going to hate me, I still believe, even with the Mercedes as it is, Max Verstappen's biggest challenge for this year's championship is, or biggest threat, I should say, not challenge, is still George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. I don't believe Ferrari and Charles Leclerc over a whole season can challenge Max Verstappen. Uh, However, if Merck can sort their car out, I do believe George Russell and Lewis Hamilton can. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of where I am with with that. But George kind of keeping his nose in, isn't he? He's ahead of Charles Leclerc even. Um, Not too far behind... um, Max Verstappen, you know, it's it's still, if he was to start chipping away at it from Spain, it's still possible. I, it's highly unlikely. Don't at me. But I'm just saying, I think he's keeping himself in there nicely. He's scoring points when the car's bad. And that's the, if, if the car does come good and you haven't scored the points when the car was bad, you're already out of the situation before the car gets good. So that's that's that. Uh, 53 Carlos Sainz, 36 Lewis Hamilton, Landon Norris 35. Amazing that Landon Norris has one less point than Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Valtteri Bottas 30 points, Ocon 24. Kevin Magnussen bleeding nose for him in the Haas up there in 15th. Head of Daniel Ricciardo with 11th. 10 points for Yuki Tsunoda, 6 for Gasly, 4 for Sebastian Vettel. Album with three points. Fernando Alonso, two points, which boggles, 
boggles my mind because Fernando's been driving well and he has had awful, awful luck. So, yeah, I uh, I want more from Fernando. Jesus, God. the uh, Especially with Oscar Piastri breathing down his neck. I want another year or two out of Fernando. Uh, two points for Lance Stroll. One point for Guan Yu Zhou. Oh, Joe Guan Yu. Why did they spend years in F2 calling him Guan Yu Zhou just to switch it around on me so I fuck it up every time I'm doing a podcast? It feels unfair. However, Mick Schumacher, Nico Hulkenberg, and 21st out of a 20-car field, Nicholas Latifi remain pointless. Um... In Formula One news, uh, McLaren bought Mercedes um, uh, Mercedes Formula E team, which I found interesting. Um, Nick DeVries, in more Mercedes news, Nick DeVries is going to run FP1 in the Williams. I'm wondering, I'm wondering given the relationship between Williams and Mercedes, can Mercedes get Nick DeVries into uh, Charles, not Charles Leclerc's Ferrari? No, Nicholas Latifi's Williams. That has to be the... If DeVries is being given to Williams to run an FP1, I can only see it for that. Um, apparently, there is going to be a um, decision made on Oscar Piastri or Fernando Alonso for 2023 by the British Grand Prix. I would guess Fernando Alonso will have another year in the car. What that does to Oscar Piastri, I have no idea. Uh, He looks like the real deal. He will be on the grid somewhere in a car, but Renault don't have any other engines on the car to squeeze him in somewhere. If it was up to me, um, I would try and win it, uh, finagle my way out of a contract with um, Esteban Ocon. I would bring P- Oscar Piastri in and I would extend Fernando Alonso's contract for two years and allow him to see his career out and probably do some pretty fucking good work for you and uh, would be a good person for Oscar Piastri to be next to. Um I think that's all I can think of as far as... Oh, Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc in, Mon- in Monaco uh, Monaco hilarity. Um, he fucking binned Nicky Lauda's Ferrari. He, he went... It was the um, second to last corner, like the, the right-hander of Monaco before you go past the pit lane. He lost the back end and sent the back end into the barrier, causing massive amounts of damage. Uh, He does like crashing around his home streets. I wouldn't go work with him. If I lived with him, I would get... uh, I I would get a taxi. Um... Jack Doohan is going to get a uh, a test with Alpine in 
Qatar. That's cool. Be cool. It'd be cool to get doing on the grid, wouldn't it? Um, there, are, there are still rumours that Mercedes are going to go back to the original concept car with the proper side pods. Uh, they apparently they've already said that this is a slower car, but. Uh, both Lewis Hamilton and George Russell said the car felt better. So that could be a thing that's going on as well. I said, big weekend for Mercedes this weekend. It's what I was going to say before. Uh, I think they're going to update, and I, I don't know where they go. If they if they don't move up to the, uh, closer to the two two leading cars, they need to be clearly third best car. I think in race trim, they probably are clearly the third best car. Um but yeah, they need the qualifying pace sorted out because that's not good. And probably another tenth, another tenth would set them absolutely solid third best team on the grid. And um, we're we're kind of where McLaren were last year, so I think they they need that before. So at least at least when they're out there, the data they can gather through not having to race and defend and get work their way through the field would be much greater than what they're getting now. So that would surely help. Uh, got some comments from you anyway from the uh, from from after the last race. So let's have a little look at what you're saying. Uh, Giles, WB man, street track design needs improved. Half Jeddah, Baku Street, uh, like Valencia, in my opinion, boring corners, dull layout again, uh, coverage missed on track action uh, for crowd picks and cuts to celebs. I hate the cuts to celebs. Uh, it's a sport first, show second. I I don't know if it's as clear cut as being a show uh, a sport first and show second. The show is the sport is part of the show. Um, if it's if it's not entertaining, you've got cricket, you know. Uh, it's as simple as that. So you've got to have some sort of... Everything's got to be entertaining. I don't like the cuts to celebrities, especially the celebrities that don't fucking care. It would be cool, like, if you if you took a... Like, a if something crazy happened and you cut back to The Rock, who's looking all shocked and stuff like that, and then maybe raising an eyebrow in the garage. But inevitably, these fucks that are unbelievably privileged to be in the position they're in, don't care. They're just there to get the fucking pictures taken with people. And it's sad, you know, like the, it's why we get, it's it's why we feel happy when you get somebody like Benedict Cumberbatch that comes onto the track and it, and he gets interviewed on the grid and you go, oh my God, he knows what he's talking about. He's one of us. He just happens to be a very lucky one of us. So yeah, no, I, I do hate the cuts to celebrities. Uh, Martin, uh, with Vettel wearing his underwear on the outside, is he the next Batman? Well, he might be the next. He, yeah, uh, he might be the next fucking climate Batman uh, after his stint on Question Time. Which, uh, oh no, so not not Question Time. What was it? Uh, was it Question Time? I can't remember. You know what I'm on about. Um, I can't be bothered talking about that. I only, I've only seen clips, so I don't really know how Sebastian was. I'm seeing lots of glowing reports about how good he was on that. Um, then I, I saw a couple of clips of it, and he just kind of said a load of stuff. And um, 
uh, yeah, it didn't feel the clips I saw didn't feel like he had it. Like it felt like a load of words and a load of stuff that would make you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was no actual context to it. You know, there was no there was no content. But I don't know. Everyone's their own. I uh, I'm not great with politics in my sport. And I'm not great with sportsmen in my politics, so it's probably not for Lee. Uh, Albert, for... Oh, God. Everyone's going to hate me after this episode, aren't, aren't they? I've said losers over the hill. I've said Charles Leclerc can't win a world championship. Um, I've, I've said George Russell will be a better driver than Lewis Hamilton just purely because he's on pace with them and he's got age. And now I've said I don't really want to listen to Sebastian Vettel talk about climate change Everyone's going to fucking hate me after this. Ugh, damn it. Um, Ferrari says he hopes... Uh, sorry, this is Albert. Uh, Ferrari says they hope the budget cap will slow down the development race uh, of Red Bull. I think Red Bull is running away with this one if the Merc keeps struggling to switch the car on. Yeah, well, Albert clearly, in my camp of thinking, Merc is probably the biggest threat to... Um, to Red Bull and uh, Max Verstappen. Um, In fact, the Ferrari could end up helping Mercedes because if the Ferrari can't keep with it over the course of a championship and they take points off Max at the same time while Mercedes are struggling, could be their best ally. Uh, I don't know. Ferrari seem to think that um, Red Bull is like, split and the load too quickly on developments whereas Ferrari this is the first developments Ferrari's going to bring to to that car this weekend uh Gary Anderson had an interesting view on the race podcast that because they haven't updated the car and because it's on the borderline of porpoising if they happen to go the wrong way with an update, they could fuck the whole thing and end up in the same position as Mercedes and not know where they're going with things. So big, big weekend this weekend. It's been, I, Spain's always a big weekend for updates, but it feels it feels bigger this weekend. Might speak to the guys at Three Legs, Four Wheels, see if we can get Craig Scarborough on for the week after Spain. I think that would be a that'd be a good idea. Natty I'll uh, if if we do get some if we do get Craig on, I will discuss whatever we we discuss on this show as well. Um, did I, I just said natty, didn't I? Instead of naturally, yikes. Uh, Beardo Albin is in the points again. Legend, great drive. We again. I'm not taking anything away. Oh, fucking hell! I criticised Albin's fucking points finishes. Shit. I'm going to have, like, negative listeners by the time this is finished. He's doing a great job, and I think he's really nice. Um, Ferrari, red is the new... I can't see your whole... Red is the new silver. Um, I'm starting to think Lewis's problem is more in his head. He's questioning every decision the team's uh, making. Uh, Mid-season driver change may be in the works. Has he lost his... Trust in the team. Lewis has always been one to question the team, hasn't he? Um, I do wonder, right now, because I I think the jewelry thing. I know I know lots of people are fucking clapping and celebrating the jewelry thing. I don't fucking care. 
I really don't. If the FIA turned around and said, you have to wear fucking yellow boxer shorts under your uh, under your overalls, yes, it would be a silly rule. Would I give a fuck? Absolutely not. For whatever the reason, and I know they're putting it down to safety, aren't they, as far as jewellery goes. Uh, whatever reason it is, if that is what the governing body has dictated, then you play within the rules, the governing body. No single person is bigger than the sport. Um, for anyone out there that's younger than I am, uh, this always happens, especially around the... When someone's really successful and they're coming towards the twilight of career, their career, where retirement is on the cards... Some people always act like the sport will not survive without them. Not the per- not the person, although I do think there's a slight element of that. When Schumacher was on his way out, people were going like, what will happen if Schumacher goes out? Like, Germans will just stop watching Formula One. Like, I don't, I don't understand. The Italians will stop watching Formula One. Like, what, what are all the Schumacher fans going to do? They carried on watching Formula One. They found new drivers to support. Um... It was the same with Valentino Rossi and MotoGP. People, people like, well, if he retires, you know, no one will watch MotoGP. People still watch MotoGP. So nobody, nobody's bigger than their their sport. Lewis Hamilton is especially because he's so polarizing. This is the thing because he's such a polarizing character. Whether you agree with the fact he's polarizing or not might be interesting too. Um. You are always going to get a split. You know, he's, he's probably not. If you look at hat sales, for instance, probably not in the top four of hat sales. I bet. I bet people like Lando, Ricardo, Vettel. Um, who else have we got? I was going to say Kimmy then, but Kimmy's gone, isn't he? Maybe, maybe Max Verstappen definitely will will definitely shift more. More merch than him. Um, yeah, so, sorry. So I, I, I fucking digress myself. But uh, yeah, I just think, like, if they, t- if they tell you not to wear a watch, just, just don't wear a watch. It's, um, if you work at fucking Subway and uh, they turn around to you and say, look, there's your uniform. And you say, well, it's great. What I was thinking is, is maybe, maybe I could just wear, like, brooches all over it or like pin badges and the boss at Subway is going to go no no you can't just wear your, wear your uniform and we don't want you to wear that you're going to go okay got to go to work haven't I so yeah I, I but to, to get back to my point of why I think this is going on I am a room cleaner I, I, I sound like Joe fucking Biden now don't I I'm rambling. No, I'm a room cleaner. Um, if I am troubled or worry about something, I will move things around. I will. Uh, the first thing I'll usually do is move my studio around. I'll change, try, try and refine what my studio looks like. Um, I might tidy the house. Uh, Jordan Peterson is right when he says if you have issues, you should clean your room. Um, I wonder whether, with Formula One not going Lewis's way, whether arguing about jewellery is kind of Lewis cleaning his room. Is that him taking taking something that he has control over? 
because he can't take control of the sport because he hasn't got the car to do it. I do wonder whether there's a certain mental thing there. Jensen Button did a similar thing, although he didn't he didn't complain about watches. He um, when he was in BAR, when he, he it is when he started like doing competitive like big time competitive triathlons. And he said it was because in a triathlon, everything was equal and he would get back what he put into it. What he put into his own fitness, he would get back in the in the triathlon. And he said it was a way for him to stay competitive and not beat himself up so much about how bad Honda was at the time. Uh, Ollie Emerson. Fed of street tracks there that rely on someone binning it to ensure exciting tracks. End uh, uh, thanks to a re- uh, safety car reshuffle. Exciting to get back to proper racing tracks. A good race with ha- without having to wait wait for Latifi to slam it into a wall. Latifi, you know, Latifi. I I don't like the fact because of Baku. No, not Baku. Abu Dhabi. He's getting an air. Uh, a name as a bit of a crash kid. He's a safe pair of hands, Latifi. He's not quick, but he's a safe pair of hands. Um, I don't mind street tracks. Uh, for I don't think this was a bad track, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, I think it can be refined. I think it can be made better. I don't think it's going anywhere, so you do it. I, I think the setting was great. The podium looked fucking amazing. Um, I don't think the racing was bad. Yeah, you know, I don't think the racing was. We've had worse Grand Prix. That's a. Uh, I, I I don't. I, I quite liked. I heard people talk about the Mickey Mouse chicane. I love the fact that 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 chicane was kind of off camber uphill, and then you turned in and you're going downhill. That that was tricky. That's why people were running off, running wide. It was catching them out because it was a tricky section of track, and that's what we want, surely. Um. But I don't. I, I like. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the whole Miami Grand Prix. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. The last ten laps were fucking exciting, and they were more exciting than the laps that preceded it. But that's just the way it went. You know, you can't. You can't chastise a whole Grand Prix because it got exciting towards the end because of something that happened. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't understand. We look. You look at Baku. We fucking love Baku. We love it. Um, Adelaide, uh, not Adelaide. Um, Melbourne, Melbourne's oh, Melbourne is a worse track than Miami, I think. For racing, might be wrong. I mean, it, it wouldn't be. Uh, I, I still think they should have had the three crazy DRS DRS traits in Australia this year, but the change they did didn't really help overtaking there. Uh, but yeah, no, Miami was fine. I don't, I don't hate them. It's not as good as Baku, obviously. But, you know, you got Baku, Singapore. It's not like a street track in Formula One is an instant lose. I love the fact if a car crashes, it crashes into a wall and a driver's punished. I would rather that than a big runoff area any day of the week. Uh, I do think they need to refine the um, the... Like procedure for safety cars and certainly on street tracks where it's difficult to recover cars I think it's time if 
if it's going to take more than two laps to at least get the car to a point where they can try and recover it, I think it's time we drop the red out. Because we're, we're wasting race time. We're wasting race time sat behind a safety car where we've sorted this rule. We let them go back to the pits. They change the tyres. Uh, and everyone does a restart again. And we just reset the Grand Prix. That seems like the most reasonable thing to do in these situations to me. But anyway, uh, I don't mind it. Looking forward to Vegas. I love America. I love I love the fact that Formula One's taken off in America as well. Uh, Michael Yates. God, I've got so many. We haven't even got to Instagram yet. Uh, I'll have to be a week late more often. Uh, Mike Yates. Lewis reminds me of that season where Jensen uh, beat him in McLaren. Um, yeah, maybe. There's definitely similarities. Um, X Nexus. Is is that just Nexus? Zenu Nexus? I've fucking no idea what your how how to say your name. I'm just gonna call you Nexus because X Nexus sounds a bit gimpy, if I'm honest. Um, you got G, uh, George Russell's time wrong. Sorry, this is what the guy was saying. Three legs for wheels. Sorry, yeah. So it was you that that uh, corrected me on the three legs for, on the time from uh, George Russell and F, FP two. Uh, I thanked you underneath. Uh, Craig, at some point, Lewis should let DeVries uh, have the seat. Not sure that's going to happen, but as we've just discussed, DeVries getting a go on a Williams. Uh, Jack. uh, Oh, my God, you're a real person, Jack. Because you followed me, you have no followers. You only retweet Formula One stuff. And... um, You've got a load of numbers after your name. I took it for granted. You were a bot, but bots don't tweet. Uh, Red Bull seems to have the uh, better pace than Ferrari uh, in Max's hands. I'm curious to see if things change going into Europe uh, races, if uh, into European races, if Leclerc, uh, whoops, if Leclerc has the stamina and fortitude to fight for the championship over the course of the season. Yeah, um, I don't think there's a huge difference between those cars, between the Ferrari and the Red Bull. Um, I'm surprised the pace advantage that um, Charles Leclerc has over uh, Carlos Sainz. That's really caught me off guard. Um but I think it's just going to ebb and flow. It's going to ebb and flow until one of them like, really pulls it, like, it, until one of the teams sort of really sorts their development out. I think it'll be Red Bull. I just don't see Ferrari doing it. I, I, and I don't believe if the cars stay equal, I think that's the other thing to say, if the cars stay equal, I don't believe Charles Leclerc can beat Max Verstappen. That is the thing. And even if the Ferrari is slightly quicker than the Red Bull, I think Max Verstappen is still good enough to beat Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc needs a, needs a, a, a clearly, not maybe not much faster, but clearly he, a clear advantage in the car stakes to beat uh, Max Verstappen or a load of good luck. Uh, D. Stacey. Uh, my... Uh, my husband and I like uh, like when you drink beer and burp a lot during your podcast. 
Re- uh, reply about four times before finishing the rest of your podcast. Uh, we we replay it about four uh, four times before uh, your podcast. Drink more beer. I didn't think I burped that much during podcasts. I can't remember. If I do, I'm sorry because that's fucking gross and I won't try to do it. But yeah, if I do, I apologise. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, a bit of a wine drinking when I do a podcast. Aren't I more than beer? Although I will have a beer. Anyway. Um, Valhalla's champions uh, should use the C5s more. We uh, we would see more two stops. I think we should go a step softer with the tyres. Most of the time we don't go a step softer with the tyres. It's for safety, I think. Um, atomic fabrications on a, uh, on a more lighter... Pos- oh, hang on. You've left two, haven't you? Right, we'll go for the first one. Okay, so I'm from Chicago. I love the US. Our government officials, on the, uh, our government officials, are another story. But we will uh, we will run F1 if uh, we will ruin F1 if you let us. For example, a goddamn fake marina in a parking lot. The cringy podium ordeal and the helmet, the the helmets, helmets were weird. Everything else was fine. Uh, the bullshit Shaq Cadillac in Circuit of the Americas. Well, I mean that doesn't matter either. I was more, I, I was more confused by Max getting to the podium in Miami than that. To be perfectly honest, it was like the uh, the old WCW entrance for Bill Goldberg. Uh, all all the celebs uh, that you could t- uh, you could tell. Sorry, I'm reading this really badly. All the celebs that you couldn't uh, you couldn't tell you uh, that couldn't tell you a damn thing about the la- uh, about what happened in the last race. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we've had Beckham driving the pace car. Uh, we'll have Beckham driving the pace car if you let us. Uh, the US loves uh, loves to turn this, sh- this shit into a circus. If uh, if you need a circus uh, circus shit to enhance enhance to enhance fuck me lee sort it out if you need the circus shit to enha- uh, to enhance you entice you sorry that's why i've gone wrong to go you shouldn't be there as for the hardcore f1 fans i don't want you to be uh, you there if you're looking for something to do between F- f1 cars on the track uh, watch the sport car races. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, I mean, this is just go, going to go on like slamming the, the sport in in America. It, let's not forget, right? It wasn't so long so long ago that Formula One was hemorrhaging viewers. Like, it really, it had. It didn't have any young fans. Um, it was an old man's sport. And people like Max Verstappen, Lando Norris fixed the youth thing. Especially Lando Norris. I think the fact he's streaming and he's he's like the most accessible Formula One driver you've ever seen. You know, it's, if you want more Lando, you go and watch a Twitch stream. It's fucking bizarre that we're used to seeing Formula One star playboys. But, and I'm sure Lando does a bit of playboying as well. But he also streams video games. Um, I'm a big believer in the fact that we need a show, 
it's one of the reasons I think the sprint race is a good idea. I think that enhances the show. It, it, it's okay saying it should just be about the sport. But sometimes it's not enough. It's not enough to sell tickets. It's not... Um, it's it's crazy. It's like the biggest niche sport in the world, Formula One. Uh, I don't know if you guys are the same as I am, but like I can, if if I don't go out of my way to speak to people I know like Formula One, I can go a long time without talking to people about Formula One. That's why you people like. That's why you guys like this podcast. I'd imagine is because you get to listen to somebody else, which is excited as as excited about Formula One as you are. I want more people to be like that. And if it takes Drive to Survive or Stupid Helmets to make that happen, then it will happen. I mean, I, I don't believe anybody is watches Drive to Survive, for instance, as much as I didn't like Drive to Survive. But I don't believe anybody watches that and then goes, that's what Formula One must be like. Then watches Formula One and goes, oh, it's not like that. I'm sure there's some people that tune in expecting to see drama like as in like reality tv drama and get disappointed but the numbers prove it's worth it because the numbers are going up so i i don't mind a bit of pomp and circumstance it's it's fine um because realistically apart from a cut back to a celeb which is fucking gross and i agree uh, realistically, you, all this stuff surrounds the race. And when we get back into a race, Formula One's just what it always has been and always will be, which is you stick 20 guys on a grid. Um, some of them have got slightly faster cars than the others. Ultimately, the quickest guys end up in the quickest cars. And we spend our time watching the quickest guys in the world fight each other. That's just what the sport is. It's what the sport will always be. Um, Atomic Fabrications on a lighter note and more positive note track layout looked like it was a challenge for the drivers I agree um, that was fun to watch I can remember the last time I seen I can't remember the last time I seen drivers make so many outright mistakes I look forward to watching uh, next year hopefully the field gets a bit more tightened up uh, yeah I, I think so uh, as I said that that game was catching people out all day long wasn't it uh, Sam5064 don't know why I said the number like that uh, how do you think Alex Albon would fare against George Russell if both were in a Williams I think George Russell would batter Alex Albon uh, also given Miami is a temporary circuit is there anything to stop them producing 10 different course layouts in 10 different uh, no, no I, I don't think they'll do that but I do think that this that track will not be the track we see next year or oh, at least elements of it will change. They'll they'll try and do stuff. They'll try and work out how to how to maybe slip an overtaking point in there. They'll see what works. Re realistically, you can run as many simulations around these things as you want, but you don't truly know how cars are going to react on them until you uh, run them around it. Especially this year, because when they were designing the track, not only did they not know how cars would race on it, they didn't know how these race cars would race each other. Um. So it's yeah, I, I I think it was fine. I think the I think that race will be fine. We won't we won't have a Sochi scenario where or even a Monaco scenario. Any of you is actually excited about Monaco? 
the closer it gets is the more I go, oh, fuck, we've got to do this again. Like, that that's the thing. There's a shit street, street circuit. That's a bad street circuit. Like, get rid of it. I don't want... Uh, people go, oh, the heritage, heritage, right, it's fine, you know. We nearly lost fucking Silverstone. And people didn't go like that. Silverstone was the first fucking Grand Prix, the home of Formula One, and we nearly lost that. We might lose Spa. Spa's one of the greatest tracks in the world, if not the greatest. And, um, yeah, we, we might lose that because of this stuff. Let's just lose Monaco. Well, th- these cars are going to be fucking awful around Monaco. They're fucking slidier, they're fucking bigger. Uh, it's just, it's going to be the worst, unless it rains and, and some fucking chaos happens. Uh, chaos is the only way we're going to get an interesting race. If it's nice weather, we are going to get a very boring Grand Prix. Um, watch it be unbelievable now. Now I've 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 already put my fucking my money in with uh before we've even had the Spanish Grand Prix about about Monaco. Sorry, I keep thinking I'm going to sneeze. It's going to be huge as well, and I'm 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 just ready to dart away from the microphone. But anyway, that should be the end this podcast you've just had me rambling about formula one for 55 minutes again i was sorry i was uh, late last week uh, i've got some exciting stuff coming on musty audio if you want to listen to musty audio's podcast um i uploaded an alien addict show yesterday evening this morning sort of time yeah that's an excellent show i'm not actually on that one so if you want to listen to a podcast on Musty Audio, it doesn't have yours truly. Now's your chance. Um, it talks about the the Tic Tac UFO. If any of you have been following that, um, I recorded a war room last week where we had a fucking phenomenal podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed that. War room is literally one of my funnest things to, things to do now. Uh, there is a, another Alien Addict in the bag waiting to go out after that. I will be on Alien Addict on Friday uh, if you want to tune in live on YouTube on his YouTube channel. That's uh, 10 o'clock usually UK UK time. Um, is, it ten, is it 10 o'clock? Yeah, usually finish at midnight, usually gone for two hours, yeah. 10 o'clock UK time. Um, I will be recording Hot Lap on Sunday after the Grand Prix this weekend, so you will get it Monday morning. Uh, I don't know whether there'll be a Three Legs, Four Wheels this week because it just didn't happen tonight, so um, I'm not sure whether there will be a Three Legs, Four Wheels. If there is, we'll be recording it on Wednesday, and it will be out on Thursday. So that's kind of my updates. Again, as I will always say, the... Uh, it's it's a difficult time financially at the minute for people. I get that. People are drift in and out of being patrons. Um, and it kind of always stays at the same thing. It is just costing me money to run the podcast at the minute, the way things are. But that's just it's one of those things. If you've been one of those people which have been sat there thinking, I should help Lee 
do what he's doing and sign up to the patron now has never been a better time um it's it's the must see audio patron but obviously that's the the only reason that this isn't on must see audio is because it's part of sports but social um again i don't get anything from it really like i i still i've never seen any ad revenue um for from hot lap so the uh you guys still pay for hot lap regardless of whether it's on sports social network or not that was mainly there because i think it was i mainly put it on sports social mostly because to get it away from musty audio you know it's the especially as musty audio drifted more into being a conspiracy show it felt awkward having a formula one podcast in the middle of a load of conspiracy podcasts so that was a good thing. And with it being on a sports network, I thought it'll probably drag some more ears onto, uh, to the podcast, which it has. Hot Lap has got the most cons- uh, consecutive weekly listeners that it's ever had, which is fucking awesome. Like the, uh, I hadn't checked for a while and like it had gone up something like 25% like viewing numbers since I last checked. So that's great. It's great to know that. More of you enjoy listening to me talk about Formula One. Um, but yeah, if you want to help me out and help me make content, then if you go to Musty Audio on Patreon, you can, it's like a tip jar. I upload all my podcasts there. So first of all, you won't, you, you'll get podcasts without having to listen to adverts if adverts really upset you. I never put adverts in the middle of podcasts anyway. Um, but at least you, you don't have them at the beginning. So... But everything gets uploaded there first, and then I will always make sure the patrons get podcasts first. Usually they're uploaded quite similar to like the free version, but just think of it as a tip jar. That's the way I look at it. Um, it's a value-for-value value proposition. If you find value in what I do, then... Uh, if you Sorry, if you find value in what I do, and you can afford to chip in, and you should choose to do so, the patron is there. I think you can find it by the look of a Musty Audio patron or Lee Stevens content creator. That's Stevens with a V, not a PH. Anyway, that was enough. I'm so bad at self-promotion that when I actually do it, I try and fucking get like six months self-promotion out in one go. Um, I'll, again, I will be back doing other stuff on Musty Audio. That's going to be full of podcasts this week. Uh you can catch me live with Alien Addict on Friday evening. Uh, I will be recording more of this stuff on Sunday, as I just told you. And this has been lovely. I am out, and you are fabulous. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.